Welcome to the Herd and 10 podcast. Here's your host, Jake Fertinsky. Hey everyone, this is the Herd and 10 podcast. I'm Jake and I'm joined by Corbin Bryant, my co-host. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. The Bills got a big upcoming matchup against a divisional rival, although we don't know how much of a rival they are at this point in time, but they are taking on the Miami Dolphins, who a lot of us expected to be a playoff or a borderline playoff team. Of course, that's just not how the season has gone for them. Tua Tagovailoa has really struggled for the most part. He's also had some injuries. The Bills got an exciting matchup. I think they got a chance to really bounce back from the Titans game. I want to start with getting your thoughts, Corbin, on this upcoming game, on the fact that the Bills are going to be well-rested. However, they're going to be missing a key piece in Dawson Knox, who appears to have a couple different fractures in his hand. Well, well, let me say this. The Bills have the perfect team that they're playing coming off the bye week. Eric, the, Dol- the Miami Dolphins are a team in turmoil, okay? They're thinking about trading their quarterback next week. You know, Deshaun Watson's on the market. You know, everybody's thinking about in the locker room as much as they're in the media saying, we're not talking about this. They're, they're talking about it. Trust and believe. But they're a team that's, that's given up over 400 yards, uh, on defense, they're in the bottoms on on offense uh, as far as like total as far as total offense. They do have some really good young players, uh, Jalen Waddle, Gasicki. They have Devontae Parker, you know, guys that could break the game open. But when you look at the the Bills, cracked to his ribs. You know, they sacked him six times. They really didn't have to do very much strategically on offense to score touchdowns. I mean, they blew him out thirty-five to nothing. Not to say, and again, people hear this from me every week, not to scoff at an NFL opponent. Do not do it. You have to go in and you have to prepare because it's always hard to beat a team twice, no matter if it's the Dolphins or another, probably, or the best team in the league. You have to go out there and prepare. But what the Bills are looking at this week, they're looking at a team that's just about ready to go on vacation. Yeah, and that's that's the best part about this matchup is the Bills are coming off a ton of rest. They've basically had a vacation, but they're going against the Dolphins who look like they're ready for a nice long vacation, early offseason, early exit, not going to the playoffs. So yeah, it's a great matchup and the Bills have a few. Before we jumped on here, we talked about the Bills got a slate of some relatively easy games here where they're still going to have to work hard. They're still going to have to bust their butts out there to win, but they're not particularly difficult games. Now, in a few weeks from now, they have an interesting game against the Indianapolis Colts. You and I were just talking about their future Hall of Famer who just came back to their offensive line. And you better believe the Bills are going to be worried about, you know who it is, Quinton Nelson. That guy last night in the Sunday night game looked unbelievable and I would say the Bills have a real guy to worry about you know I don't recall having a lot of conversations talking about a particular offensive lineman that the Bills need to worry about but I do think he's going to make the Bills job incredibly difficult 
particularly when the Indianapolis Colts are running the ball really, really well. What are your thoughts there on the Bills having, okay, some easy matchups, but then going up against the Indianapolis Colts November 21st? Colts are looking like a team that's creating some, some momentum here, Jake. Now, granted, we watched the game last night. It was raining. It's probably one of the worst elements you could have ever played in. But that those elements are conducive to what the Colts want to do. We talked about their all-pro offensive guard, Quentin Nelson. You can put a gold jacket on him now. Guy's an incredible player. He's blowing guys off the ball like it's nobody's business. And they have, you know, Carson Wentz, who looks like he's gaining more confidence. You know, he's throwing some balls up there, some, some 50-50 balls where guys were getting some, you know, pass interference calls. And then they have a decent running game. So when you look at their team, they, have, they also have a, a pretty solid defense as well. DeForest Buckner is rushing the passer really well. I think that they had that's really playing well for them as well. As well as Kenny Moore is also their nickelback who has been doing very well in coverage for them. The Colts are one of those teams that started out really slow. They're trying to figure out who they are. They had some injuries, like we stated, Quentin Nelson, they, uh, Carson Wentz sprained both of his ankles in the beginning of the year. So they're definitely a team that they're definitely a team to watch. I'm not concerned about them per se, but they're definitely a team that you, you can't scoff at. I want to take a jump back here and let's look specifically at the game at hand. The bills are taking on the dolphins. I want to talk about keys to the game. What do the bills need to do to win this game? Or what do they need to fail to do to lose the game? Because it feels like the bills should win this game. I think they should crush in this game. But there's things that can happen that can cause you to lose. The, we thought the Bills were going to crush the Tennessee Titans. And, of course, they go out and they lose 34-31. to 31. What do the Bills need to do to win this game? Or better yet, what things can the Bills do to throw away this, what I would call as easy of a W as you're going to get in the NFL? Well, number one, the Bills, they need to do what they do best, right? We have one of the best wide receiving cores in the league. All Josh Allen needs to do is rely on Stephon Diggs, Beasley, Gabriel Davis, Emmanuel Sanders. But, I mean, the list goes on and on. He has a, a stable of receivers. So the first thing he has to do is take care of that because the, the Dolphins, like I said, again, they're giving up all over 400 yards per game on defense. So they're, they're pretty much right for the, for the picking. And they've had teams, they lost to, I mean, I don't think anything of the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons, to me, are a horrible team. And they lost to them at home. So the Bills definitely have a free-for-all with them on offense, established to run, whether it's with Josh Allen or they're giving Singletary and Moss some reps running up the middle. But they definitely have to do that. And also they have to kind of replicate what they did in week in, in week two, which is getting to the quarterback, getting some sack, getting some pressure on two. If it's one thing you don't want to do in the NFL, is lighten up on your rush and give guys some time in the pocket. Even two can, can can be a marksman if you give them some time. So they have to come up with a very good pass rush game plan where they can get in front of get in front of two and knock them down, you know, get them on the ground. And, and force him into some bad throws so he can throw the ball to Tredavious White or um, and, all, and all of our other guys in the back end. And then the last thing I would say would be 
protect Josh Allen. Our offensive line, we kind of got showed up a little bit against us, the perfect game to come back and say, okay, you know, we're not going to get embarrassed like that again. We're going to firm up and we're going to be strong at the point of attack in the run. And we're going to have a solid pocket for Josh Allen in the past. For sure. You got to give your star time in the pocket and you want to limit the other team's quarterback from having time in the pocket. And I like that you bring that up because that's something the Bills are actually struggling with this year. I read it somewhere. I, I don't recall. I don't have it on hand right now, but PFF gave a grading to the Bills defensive line and their ability to get to the quarterback in under two and a half seconds. And they were one of the worst, if not the worst ranked defensive line in doing that now when I look at the Bills defensive line I don't think they've been bad you're rolling your eyes because the Bills defense has looked really good and the Bills defensive line I think has looked really good but this grading obviously you know it's only taking into consideration some factors but there's no question the Bills defensive line hasn't really gotten a whole ton of pressure. They've been really good, except for last week against the Titans or two weeks ago now against the run. But outside of that, the Bills have been really strong against the run. They've been generally pretty good against the pass, but they are struggling to get quarterbacks on the ground. And I'm curious to get your take here, Corbin, because you know what it takes to get to a quarterback how important is that? And particularly in this game where you have a Dolphins team, like you said, they're in tor turmoil, they're reeling, they're not looking good. If you even give them a sniff of a chance that they could be comfortable in this game, you could run into some problems. So it's interesting you bring that up because I feel like the defensive line needs to show something that we didn't see last week against the Tennessee Titans when they failed to sack Ryan Tannehill even once after he was sacked over 20 times in the first few weeks of the season. One thing that the defensive line has to do right now, they're doing rush, right? Like they're trying to keep quarterbacks in the pocket by just pushing the pocket. They're not really taking edges, which is not allowing guys to roll out or, or step up in the pocket. But one thing they can do to mix it up is they can institute some pass rush games. They can do tackle in stunts. They can do TT stunts where the first tackle penetrates and the second tackle wraps like, those things can all be game plan based. So a lot of things that, that we saw when I was playing is that the center likes to slide slide to the best player. And right now, like our best pass rusher is Rousseau. So if the center is sliding to Rousseau, that means that will give the, if, if Rousseau is on the left, that, that will give the right defensive tackle an area to penetrate the, the, penetrate the pocket and allow the other tackle to wrap him so we can get some more pressure on. But those those things, and I know Eric Washington, um, he's, he's looking at those things, the defensive line coach, and I know Jerry being a veteran is, is definitely looking at those things as well. But the Bills are staying the course. Like, we, we're not at the bottom of the league in sacks. Like, we're, we're, like we're getting the quarterback on the ground. Like, we're, we're like middle to middle to the top in sacks. So that's one thing that, that I'm not worried about. One thing that would be worrisome to me is if, the court, if two attack by Lois running through the middle on us or finding seams and getting five, six yards on us and causing for second and short, third and short, then that's what, put, what we're doing so far on defense, on the defensive line, I should say. 
Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I don't personally have huge concerns about the defensive line. I think they've looked pretty solid. Yeah, we'd like to see some more consistent pressure. And there's another guy who's looked really good on the defensive line, and that's Ed Oliver. And I think if what you're suggesting is that there's going to be some opportunities for Ed Oliver to come shooting through the middle, I'd like to see the Bills just let the defensive linemen, particularly the tackles in this scenario, just pin their ears back and go get that quarterback. Because Ed Oliver, he might be a little bit of a small defensive tackle, but he's got speed. And he's a guy that can get through. If you give him an opportunity, he's going to fight through and he's going to take down the quarterback and make him pay. So I would like to see a little more of that. I would like to see us shake up a guy like Tua Tungvaloa, who is already a shaky starter. If you can get to him early in the game, I think you're going to really take hold of the game very, very quickly. He's the type of quarterback that if you get great pressure on him, he's going to start throwing up air balls and there's going to be opportunities for safeties, cornerbacks to pick him off. I think that it's going to be, like you've said earlier, ripe for the picking. I think that the Miami Dolphins have not looked good and Tua is the perfect guy for us to attack. He's the perfect guy for us to bounce back and get some revenge almost. Take what we were frustrated about from the Titans game and carry it over to this game. You know, I know as a pro, you're always told, don't carry over your emotions from game to game. But I feel like there's certain opportunities where you can carry it over. And it's not to say you should be frustrated with that game and you should be upset about the loss but you should take that as a motivation to say hey we didn't do what we needed to do hey look at what the media is saying let's go off on these guys and that's my hope that's what I would like to see from the Bills in this game I'd like to see a huge huge win so I want to do this week a prediction a game score prediction Corbin what is your prediction on this game not just a W or an L. I want to get your score prediction here. Hey, like I think like our fans are going to, when they listen to this, I think the score is going to be closer than you think. Like, listen, like I said, it's hard to beat a team twice. The Bills offense is tops in the league. And we know they're going to score over 21 points. I, I'll give you that. But I will say that the Bills are going to win 24 to 24 to 14. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give the, the Dolphins a few touchdowns because they 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 watch film too and they're going to see some things where okay, we didn't see this in the first game. We're going to try and, and target this and, and take advantage of this. But the biggest X factor for this game is going to be the Bills Mafia fans in Highmark Stadium. I mean, that, these people have been sitting at home for a week, <laughs> you know the Bills fans, they are ready to get out there. They're ready to start screaming. They're ready to, to say squish the fish. They're ready to do all of that. So I'm not going to say we're going to have an offensive explosion, but I think our offense will do just enough to win, and I think our defense will stop them just enough to, uh, to, keep, the, to keep their score low. But the Bills must score touchdowns in the red zone. It, it'll be inexcusable if we don't this week. And that's been a huge story this season. The Bills struggling to score touchdowns in the red zone. And it's not something the Bills are used to. Last season, they were great in the red zone, but they certainly have had their issues this year. 
And hopefully those are going to get cleaned up and it's going to start this week against the Miami Dolphins. I have a huge win for the Bills. I have them winning 44 to 17. I think it's going to be a lights out, blow off the top. You know, you haven't been talking about the Buffalo Bills enough on NFL Network. We're going to blow the top off this thing. And I think it's going to come down to two things. One, I think the red zone stuff is going to get cleaned up. So I think the Bills are going to score a lot more touchdowns in the red zone and not settle for field goals. And number two, which is what you brought up, the fans. I myself and a lot of other fans have been sitting around all week. We're, we're tired of seeing other teams play. And I think the fans are going to really make an impact in this game. When we look at the Dolphins, a team that's struggling, a team that doesn't have a great leader in Tua, I think the noise factor is going to come into play. I think the fact that it's in Buffalo and the weather's getting colder is going to play a factor in this game. And I think that's really going to hurt the Dolphins and it's really going to prop the Bills up. I think the Bills are going to show up and show out in this game. I think it's going to be a huge, huge win for Bills Mafia. So everyone, thank you so much for listening again, tuning in. Check us out on YouTube. You can see our beautiful faces. You can also listen to us on Spotify, Apple, wherever else you can listen to us. If you don't want to see our faces, listen to us there. Corbin, another great week. Thank you all for listening to us, and we will see you next week. Once again, go to Corbin's Twitter. Tweet at him. He likes to get your comments. He wants to get your opinions, Bills Mafia. Thank you so much for another great week, and go Bills. Go Bills and squish the fish. Welcome back to the Herd in 10 podcast. I am joined, of course, again by my co-host, Corbin Bryant, but I'm also joined by Dan Fates. Dan, so excited to have you here again. It's kind of an interesting week because we're coming off of a bye week here. The Bills are going up against the Dolphins, which hopefully they win. But there's some things shaking it up in the AFC. Now, the Bills didn't lose a game this week, but they didn't win either. And there's a lot of teams that won some big games in the AFC and the bills are not at the top of the AFC anymore. What's your thoughts on what we should expect from the AFC? Because there's a lot of good teams out there now that I personally didn't expect to be where they are right now. Yeah. It seems like this is one of those times where sometimes we become prisoners of the moment or prisoners of the week where one game that stood out, where obviously the one that stands out to me, is the Bengals going into Baltimore really handling business? I mean, that was the game that, that that really stood out to me. And it's also because, and Corbin, maybe I'd love to get your opinion on this too, because as a player, how difficult is it to get up every single week? And, and I don't mean just like, okay, that's your job. I get that. But I look, I'm not as worried about the Ravens. I still think the Ravens are legitimate just because they had a bad game at home against an up-and-coming Bengals team, you looked at what the Ravens' emotional ride has been so far this year. They beat Kansas City in Week 2. Unbelievable. 
Then week three, they have to squeak past the Lions on a 65-yard field goal. Again, another emotional high. Then they come back against the Colts, winning overtime, emotional. Then they have to get up to play the Chargers, who we all thought were maybe the cream of the crop in the AFC. And then you get another, like, it's got to be difficult to get up for big game after big game after big game. Correct me if I'm wrong, Corbin, but a little bit. Daniel, I, I would say, I wouldn't say that it was difficult, but I will say this. It's all about matchups. Me and Jake have talked about this, like the same thing when people go up against the Titans, for example, the game yesterday they played against Kansas City. There was no way Kansas City was going to win that game. They can't stop the run. They can't do anything. And when you look at the Bengals against the Ravens, they have two great pass rushers they got. Mm -hmm. Hendrickson on the right side, Hubbard on the left side. I mean, in the Baltimore Ravens offensive line, it's not that great. You remember they traded away in Orlando Brown, and they picked up uh, Villanueva from the Steelers, who was not having a, a great end of his career in Pittsburgh. So when you look at those kind of matchups, along with Jamar Chase going up against Marlon Humphrey, who really struggled against him, when you look at the matchups, that's what differentiates different teams and, and Good point. The teams that are on their way to you know, a, a, play, a, a playoff spot. Because when you look at like those kind of matchups, it's really hard to go from week to week and say, okay, we're going to really dominate in this facet of the game. No, oh man, we got to go up against Jamar Chase. We got to really, we can't go up against him one-on-one like the Ravens did yesterday, which was crazy. So it's, it's all about, at the end of the day, it's all about the matchup. And I think that's part of it too, is also because the Bills the week before, you know, they always talk about it's a week-to-week league, right? Uh, week-to-week, it's how you're doing all those things. They had to prepare for the fastest, most high-powered air-out offense in Kansas City one week, and then they have to change their entire game plan and go up against pretty much what is a 1960s football team offense of just pounding the ball. And I think it took its toll. Like, I thought the Bills played – they were more physical than the Chiefs, but the Titans were more physical than the Bills on that week. And – that's an interesting point there. And I like that because really what we're seeing in this new NFL, and although we, we like to think that the NFL is just all passing and it's all fly, you know, high flying plays and big splash plays. There is a lot about just physicality. And that is a question mark for me with the bills. I am wondering, are they physical enough? Are they tough enough to be plowing through the playoffs? Cause that's what it's going to come down to. I mean, we saw it. With the Tennessee Titans, you just said it, Dan. We were not physical enough, and we got outplayed in that respect. Now, we could have won this that game, no question. We were inches away from getting that fourth down and then winning the game. But if we are a little more physical than the Titans going into that game and throughout that game, we probably win that game. And we know that when playoff time comes, it's going to be a physical, tough game. And it's interesting because... We talk about all these different teams. You have the Bengals now, the Raiders, the Titans, the Ravens. The Bills were preparing all offseason for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm going to ask you this, Dan, because I don't know if we need to worry about the Chiefs anymore. Not to say they're not a good team, but do we honestly need to be concerned that that's the team we're going to face in the AFC Championship? No, nah, they're, they're a mess. 
Like, like they, they are just a mess. And, and I come from that sense of I was wrong about them when they went to go play, when the Bills went to play them. I said their defense was bad. I was wrong. Their defense is horrendous. Their defense can't stop anybody. And it was apparent on the first drive, guys, when I know we're looking back so far, but it's just going back up the last two games where the chiefs had to scratch and claw and went 17 plays in the opening drive. And the bills got a, a bogus holding call against them and the drive stayed a lot and all these things, but they held them to a field goal and it was 17 plays and all that stuff. And then the bills went down the field in like five plays and scored a touchdown. And it was like, yeah, that's the difference. Like they can't stop anybody. And so I look at this and Patrick Mahomes is still great. Like, yes, he, he's not playing Patrick Mahomes. Like he's still mortal, I guess. Like, is that what we're going to say? Like that he's human after all. But the fact is that he can't cover up the band-aids that he's been covering up with that chief secondary. And it's the sense of, he looks like a guy Corbin that is trying to score 10 points on every offensive possession. And it's just seems like it's weighing on him. And do you know what he's really missing? And, and I'll say this on the record because I have, the last couple episodes, I've been saying, yeah, the Chiefs can still make the playoffs. The Chiefs aren't making the playoffs this year. Let's let's just get that out of the way. The Chiefs are just a, a terrible <laughs> football team. And honestly, it starts up front. Their offensive line is playing terrible. They have two rookies up front. Granted, they, they, they have some promise in Creed Humphrey, and I think the guy's last name is, is Smith. And then they have Orlando mm-hmm. Brown, who's just been getting run around like, like nobody's business. But the Chiefs are just not, they, they're just, I don't know what, I don't know where this team is headed right now. But it goes back to the Super Bowl. Like it goes back to them not being physical enough. Now they had the injuries last year to bolt their tackles in the Super Bowl and the, and the Bucks just, just moved Mahomes all around. Like Mahomes or Mahomes was running for his life in the Super Bowl. And then they didn't really, they retooled their offensive line. But it wasn't a good retooling, I thought. You went very young and where it just it just didn't work out. So while while it's still Patrick Mahomes, and I and I, I don't know if I'll say, I don't know if I'll agree with Corbin and say they don't have no chance of making the playoffs. They're just not a very good team. And they just seem like Mahomes looks like he's playing like Josh Allen in the second half in the Houston playoff game, like running for his life, trying to make chicken soup out of chicken crap. And it's just not there. Yeah, he's definitely forcing the ball a lot. And and I think that's a great take because Patrick Mahomes throughout his career has made things look very easy, very simple. A lot of what we've seen from Josh Allen in the last two years. But this year, he's just making everything look really difficult. The simple plays are there. He's not taking them. And... That's something that you hope that your quarterback never ends up in because that is not what you want. You want a guy, and I know we say this all the time, take what the defense gives you. And yes, in some circumstances, you're going to have to force the ball, but it just seems like he's doing it time and time again. I want to jump to another, and maybe not a specific team here, but maybe another topic in the sense of, who do the Bills need to be concerned about in the AFC? Because we know who's good in the NFC. We know that if the Bills go to the Super Bowl, there's a very good chance it's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I want to know who do the Bills need to be preparing for potentially in the playoffs, whether it's in the first or second round, who is that team that you think would give them trouble? 
We know the Ravens at this point do not give the Bills a lot of trouble. They seem to have a great plan for Lamar Jackson. Obviously, the Titans, we know there's there's some issues there. We've struggled against them in the last two seasons. Is there anyone else or is it one of those teams that the Bills need to be concerned about specifically when we look at the way the Bills are built this season? I'm still very concerned, and I still think the L.A. Chargers are a very good team. I'm not going to be swayed off of one game where pretty much everything went wrong. They tried to force things. It just didn't work out. And again, it's also it's not only who you play, but it's when you play them. And the Chargers running into the Ravens at that point just seemed like they were on a complete high, everything clicking. I still think Justin Herbert is on the verge of being a top five quarterback in this league. He's right there. I think they have a ton of weapons. I really have really respected. While I think they made the incorrect hire and that Brian Dable should be the head coach in LA, there's no question that he deserves a head coaching job. He, I know somebody that has connection that, that said he was stunned when he didn't land the job in LA. Brandon Staley has done a phenomenal job at being that old school toughness guy, but bringing that analytics, they go for a lot of it on fourth and one. I loved how they played against the Raiders in a hostile environment. I like all of those things. I still think the chargers can make some noise uh, as, as the season goes on, they need to fix some things up defensively, but I still like that. What Herbert brings Eckler, those wide receivers. I still think they're a really talented team. Now, now here is, here's my question, Dan, like, Jake ran down some some great teams, the Bengals, the Ravens. Mm -hmm. We talked about the Chargers. How come nobody is talking about the team in our own division, the New England Patriots? They are playing really well. on They're 11th in total defense. They mm -hmm. lost to the Buccaneers by two. They lost to the Dallas, Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys by six. And, I mean, granted, yesterday they played the – the um the Jets, Jets who are just I mean they, they're just about they're ready to go to Cancun at this point but how come nobody's talking about the New England Patriots it seems like Bill Belichick's just waiting in the weeds he's just waiting in the weeds just trying just to hop up on people what are your thoughts I'll tell you why before Dan gives his thoughts <laughs> I will tell you why because the media talks enough about the New England Patriots and Dan and I don't need to spend time talking about them. No, seriously, <laughs> though, it's true. They have looked really good. And Mac Jones is settling down. I was having this conversation with my brother the other day and Mac Jones doesn't look lights out. The guy might not be a superstar, but he knows how to manage a game. And he's doing a pretty damn good job with that impressive offense and an even more impressive defense, right, Dan? Yeah, New England could be 5-2, and two, and Matthew Judon probably isn't getting the credit that he deserves for what he is wrecking on that defensive line. He is an issue. Um, I think it comes down to the fact that and, and they, they are two plays away. Like you can sit there and be like, they're two plays away from being like a 5-2 and two ball club. And one of the guys I really respect um, that talks – talks and breaks down quarterbacks is Trent Dilfer. He goes on Ryan Rosillo's podcast. I just think Trent is a really good guy at breaking down the game. And he, he broke down a bunch of the, the rookie quarterbacks, you know, and said the game was just too fast for Justin Fields. The game, uh, Zach, Zach Wilson was trying to make every deep throw instead of just taking the five, six yard throws that Tom Brady made for over his entire career. And, but he said, he goes, looking at Mac Jones through like five weeks of the season, he goes, his footwork is right. His eyes are right. 
He's reading the progressions, right? Like Mac Jones is playing NFL quarterback. Like the results aren't there yet. And he's had a couple turnovers, but to Corbin's point, like some of them gone off his hands. Some of them, he's just gotten blown up and the balls fluttered. Like it, that, that happens. Like sometimes an offensive tackle gets beat and then you get laid out and it's like, oh, well, Daniel Jones fumbled it. It's like, yeah, well, the offensive tackle didn't do anything. Like, what are you going to say? So I, I agree. And that's the thing too, is the Bills play New England twice in December. And I don't know if New England will necessarily be in the hunt, but they're going to be a frisky team because it does feel like Jones is getting better week by week. He, you know, that game against Tampa Bay, I thought he played better than Brady. Now Brady had all the other circumstances, emotion, all those things, but Matt Jones didn't seem like a deer in headlights. He seemed like a professional quarterback going through his reads. And I was impressed by that against a really good Tampa Bay team. And that's the thing. And, and Jake, to your point too, I thought it was great what you're saying about Mahomes, just to backtrack for a second. He was a guy that always made the easy things look easy. And then he would also make the wow plays. And that's what I always look at with Josh and Trent Dilfer compares it to what he says is taking the cheese is that he goes, take the cheese, take the three yard completion, take the four yard completion. You don't always have to think that there's something better down the field. He's like, you have to, he goes, rookie quarterbacks like Zach Wilson is looking for the 20 yard pass and then the seven yard pass and then the three yard pass when it, the progression needs to be the opposite. And that when you see the guy that's three yards open, hit him right there, take that, let him break a tackle. And maybe that three yard gain turns into seven. Now it's second and three and set instead of second and 10. And that's something that I think Josh has done a lot better job of. He did it a little bit at the end of that Tennessee game where I thought I saw him I'd see Tommy Sweeney open in the flat for eight yards on first down and Josh wanted to force it to Diggs. Like, like there's just a little bit, it was a different kind of hero ball. It wasn't run around for your life in Houston, but it was like, I want the big play. And like I said, it, it, Tom Brady was so good at it. It was death by a thousand paper cuts. He, he, there, it was four yard completion, four yard completion, three yard completion, first down. And then it, it just wore on you. And I love it when Josh and Brian Dable get into that, that groove and they take the cheese instead of always trying to think of there's something better. Yeah. I, I, I love that take. I mean, it's, it's true. Obviously I agree. You know, I was talking about it before for sure. It's, it's something that you want from your quarterback week in week out. And at this point with Josh being the guy who he is and getting paid the amount that he's gotten paid, we expect that from him every single week. We expect him to take those easy plays. And when we look at the bills as a team, Firstly, the running game has gotten a lot better. And we look at our defense, which still remains a top defense. We don't need Josh to go crazy. We don't need him to always make the big plays. It's exciting. I love it. But we don't need it all the time. And that's an amazing luxury that obviously teams like the Kansas City Chiefs just don't have right now. But because the Bills have that luxury, this is the time where Josh can just settle down. If he doesn't see it, he can also throw it away. And that's something Josh has actually always been pretty good at. He's been pretty good at throwing it away. I know he's always had his few moments of sugar high Josh Allen, but outside of that, he knows when to throw it away. So we talked about all these other teams in the AFC, mm -hmm. teams that the Bills need to worry about, teams that are on a good run. But when we look at the Bills, top to bottom, this is about as good of a team as I've ever seen the Bills have. And it's about as good as we may ever see. Seeing 
a top defense, a top offense, all that together is very, very rare. I'm just curious to see if you guys feel the same. I just, I don't know if we're going to see this again. We have such a complete team. We've had teams where the Bills offense is great, but the defense Mm -hmm. isn't quite there. Last year was a perfect example. And we've had other years, (coughs) Kyle Orton, where we had a great defense and a terrible offense. So it seems like we got it all there together right now. I agree. And so many people wanted to make the comparison from last year's loss in Arizona before the bye as a heartbreaking loss. And then be like, well, look, it happened again in Nashville, a heartbreaking loss before the bye. And I just see those games as two completely different situations. Last year, the bills went into Arizona as an underdog, a three point underdog. And they were a, average to below average defense at the time and held Arizona's defense or held Arizona and Kyler Murray in check. They only had like 25 points before the Hail Mary. So you can say like, okay, like that. And then before that, before the Hail Mary, like don't forget that Josh led them down the field and threw an absolute dime to Stefan Diggs to give them the lead. Like Arizona was the sexy team at that point when the bills lost to them, obviously they went to the bye. They then won 10 straight games, went to the AFC championship game. And then I, I thought they went into Kansas, they went into Nashville and they were six point favorites and the defense was playing at such a high level. And it just seemed like it was a little bit of a letdown to me, but I want Corbin's opinion because I feel like that game in Tennessee, like Derrick Henry had the big runs. He, he kind of controlled the game. Um, and I guess it maybe brought back a little bit of my thought of are those wounds that we thought were healed about the run game from last season. Are they fixed? Like, what is that thing? And I want to get your opinion, Corbin, when a team runs on you, you as a defensive lineman, does Mm -hmm. it, does it not bruise your ego when a team can constantly like, like there's pride in you guys, defensive linemen and linebackers that like, we don't want to be run on. Like there's something about the manhood and pride and ego, right? Now, now Dan, it it really, it really depends because if you're getting run on seven yards here, eight yards, five yards, just about every play, then there are some underlying issues in the scheme or guys aren't playing with that kind of technique. But when you look at what happened last week against Tennessee, and me and Jake talked about this last week, they, he really only had three plays where he bursted out mm-hmm. for 76 yards. He had one for 20 yards and had mm-hmm. probably another 20 yard or uh, where he scored the touchdown in the end. So those aren't ego, those aren't ego killing plays because when I look okay. at it, number one, Micah Hyde didn't get off the block. Number two, Starla Tulele got reached and um, Derrick Henry just runs straight through his gap and then he got reached again. So those things are fixable. These guys are pros okay. and they looked at the film and they know that they can fix these things. But what's not what's not fixable is when well, I'm not gonna say not fixable, but what could be worrisome is when teams are just running through you and you have no answer to it. And granted, I have to admit I've been on some of those teams and I'm just looking around I'm like, how do we stop this right now? But yeah, but right now, as far as like the Bills worrying about playing Derrick Henry in the playoffs, they're not too worried about it. Three plays, three plays, that's it. And, and to their defense, it's not like Derrick Henry hasn't dominated everybody this season. Like, like, like it's, this isn't like he's a guy that's like, oh, they're waiting for him to break out, and then he breaks out against Buffalo. Like, he's on pace to go for another 2,000 yards, 
like set all these records like it, it I, and that's how i had to look at it I, i'm glad you, you you said that that like when it's constantly seven yards a pop eight yards a pop like one defensive coordinators lose their jobs like that's when coaches lose their jobs like and, and then i go i know you guys like are probably thinking like you know, this is kind of like you know, the, my ego is like i gotta i gotta plug things up like i can't let them just run the ball down my throat now if i can make one more point here uh, let, let's just make a switcheroo here. If the Bills had Kansas City's defense, then we would be in some serious trouble. Kansas City is, and I hate to keep harping on what Kansas City is doing. No, go uh, for it. But Kansas City, they, they can't stop a nose. Like they, they can't, they can't stop anybody. And the, the reference that I just made that Derrick Henry just get seven, eight, five, six. I, I mean, the guy. He's anytime a running back is averaging over four yards of carry on you, you're having an issue because every you know, he could touch the ball three times and he has a first down. It's so true. And look, I'm thankful the Bills don't really have those kinds of issues. There's some depth issues on the Bills, of course, but like any team, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be stuff. You can't fill up every gap, but it's true. We look at this Bills defense. Sure, they've had some mishaps. Yes, they didn't play quite as well as we would have liked to see against the Titans. But Dan also mentions, you know, they're coming off that huge win against the Chiefs. Maybe they're not quite as focused. They're a little tired. It was a physical game. There's so many factors. But I think when we look at this Bills defense, I think that they are going to bounce back. And I'll end this by just saying, I think they're going to have a huge bounce back against the Miami Dolphins. I think they're going to feast on them. The Bills have been really, really good against the Dolphins, particularly against Tua in the last couple of seasons. So I'm excited to see that. Dan, thank you so much for coming on. Always a blast talking football with you. You just, you know the Bills, you love the Bills, you breathe and eat the Bills. So it's always great to have you on. So thank you so much and go Bills. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks again.